Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Galatians 6, verses 4 and 5, Simplified Cowboy Version says this. You should take a good, long, hard look at your motives every single day. If everything is good, then you can be proud of yourself. A cowboy who looks to better himself every day doesn't feel the need to compare himself to others because we all have to ride our own Bronx. And that's what the title of this series is, and that's the, that's the verse that we're looking at, and it's about responsibility, okay? The, the, real, the real verse says something about uh, share each other's burdens, but carry your own load. There's a Nerf dart up here. <laughs> oh, sorry, Kathy, that was really a tie. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Galatians 6, 4 and 5, it says you have to ride your own bronc. Man, there's some things in Christianity that is our responsibility. There's, I mean, you can't blame it on somebody else when you stand before God and you answer for the life that you live. There will be no explanations, no excuses. Okay, you're not going to be as valid a reason as this is. You cannot stand up there and go, you know, I want to save the cowboy my whole life. And Kevin just really wasn't that great of a preacher. <laughs> That's not my, you know, there's no explanations, no excuses. You are responsible for your faith. And there's other things that we have to take responsibility for. Last week, I, I stopped. Uh, I, we just ran out of time. I apologize for that. We, we, we seem to run out of time every single week, but um, me and one of my best friends growing up, Tony Farmer, uh, Tony, and he, if you're listening on KWell, uh, go see Tony at, at uh, Platinum Collision, because uh, Platinum Collision uh, donates the, the sermon every week on the radio down there, so thank y'all to Scott Stevenson, Tony Farmer, and Jason Weatherby, my brother, for sponsoring that. But me and Tony, Tony's dad bought him two. We were going to be bull riders right? We was going to be bull riders. So, so Jimmy, dad, uh, Tony's dad, bought, us a, bought Tony a couple of, of steers to buck out. And it was fun, right? It was fun, but they were kind of dinks, and we were kind of getting used to where we could ride them. There was one that was a little bit snorty, so you had to be pretty quick when you hit the ground with him. But me and Tony decided to up the ante one time. We just knew that this was going to be a good idea. This is going to be the funnest stuff we ever had. See, I lived right next to the rodeo arena in Big Lake, Texas. And we put that, that, that steer in the chute. We put the flank strap on him. We put Tony's bull rope on him. Tony slid down, got his old uh, hand in the bull rope. And then he looked at me and said, okay, I'm ready. And I slid down on this steer also. And I put my hand underneath the flank rope. And I got on it. We was giggling, right? We was probably about 10, 11 years old. We were like, all right, open the gate. And those nutheads did. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. I don't remember. <laughs> no, I do remember. What happened was the gate flung open, the steer turned, and I immediately deed up. <laughs> I grabbed a hold of that flank cinch. That steer didn't really know what to do, and he kind of took a couple of hobbling steps, and then he did this one little buck, and mine and Tony's heads hit like two watermelons. Whack! We fell off. One of us cried, one of us peed. I'm not going to tell you which one did what. I told my dad later what had happened. <laughs> and 
And he laughed, and he asked me what I was thinking, and I said, well, it's not our fault. We thought it was a good idea. <laughs> How many times do you think things are good ideas, right? Because, see, it's not our fault. We thought. See, one of the responsibilities that we have is our thoughts are our responsibility. That's a bronc you've got to ride by yourself. You are responsible for the thoughts that you act upon in your brain. Now, we've all had those thoughts, right? We've all had those thoughts. You're driving along, and suddenly it's like, wonder what it would be like to cut a clown's toe off while putting a doll with teeth in his mouth. And you think, oh my gosh, what happened? How, why did I think that, right? We all have those stray thoughts that you just like, oh my gosh, am I a serial killer sometimes, right? We've all done it, right? not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking about the thoughts that that running dialogue that we have in our head, that is our responsibility. That is our responsibility. Believe it or not, you, we are responsible for the things that we think about. And we all, I mean, it's our sinful human nature to blame others for the words that we say, for the things that we do. Well, if they wouldn't have made me mad, I wouldn't have said that. No, come on, man. We Am I the only one that thinks responsibility has taken a nosedive in this world? You know, just taking responsibility for who and what you are. I think that when it comes to thoughts, we either give them too much credit or not enough credit. We give the wrong thing too much credit, those thoughts, and we give the right things not enough credit. We give too much thought, like we don't take, we don't do what the Bible says where it says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. We don't do that very often because we think that our thoughts are just like this amalgamation of, of chance and everything. But you know what? You can control what you think. That's what the Bible, and if, listen, if, the, if you could not control what your brain said, then why would God in his special revelation, which is the word of God, why in his special revelation did he say, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ? That is your permission to take control of the way that you think. And you need to start that right now. I know I did. In studying for this, I learned so much. I probably learned more trying to teach it than y'all do listening to me fumble around trying to explain things. You know, thoughts are powerful. Thoughts are amazingly powerful. The Bible says that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Isn't that crazy? We can be transformed by the renewing of our mind, by changing the way that we think. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, in the Simplified Cowboy Version, it says this, Quit trying to fit into the sorry ways of the world, but be made new by changing the way that you think. Only then will you find the trail that the boss wants you to ride. See, a lot of people are like, and I tell you this all the time, what is the most common question that I get asked? I just don't know what God wants me to do. I guess that's really not a question. It's a statement, but it's in the form of a question, right? What does God want me to do? Maybe you have thought that in the past. Maybe you've been waiting to hear from God on what you are supposed to do, right? This is why I love God. This is why I love his special revelation re revelation through his word, because it says clearly here, 
Only then will you find the trail by changing the way you think. Only then will you find the trail the boss wants you to ride. Man, if you've been struggling with finding your place, I love it whenever my brother, I was on the phone with him not too long ago and we were talking about stuff and he says, you know, and we were talking about Save the Cowboy and other things and he said, you know what? For people that don't know what to do, just fill in where you fit in. Fill in where you fit in. You know, if you're wondering what to do, it starts biblically by changing the way that you think. Changing the way that you think. You know, here's an honest question. Here's an honest question. If you talked to other people the way you talk to yourself, how many friends would you have? If you talk to others the way you talk to yourself, how many friends would you have? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know God's good and perfect will for your life. Romans 12, 2. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Only then will you know God's pure will for your life. So how do we take responsibility for our own thoughts? I mean, this is all good and well, Kevin. Man, that sounds noble. It sounds good. Yeah, I kind of I got some of what you're saying, but, but it's easier said than done. Is it? Is it easier said than done? I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. But here is three ways that today, if you want to know what God's pleasing purpose for your life is, it starts, I didn't say ended, it starts with changing the way that you think. Taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ. So how do we do that? Well, this is a very simplified Kevin version of some steps that you can take. Is it the end of your journey? No, it's the first step. But if you want an easy way that you can start right now at this moment of changing the way you think, here you go. Number one, train your brain to be thankful in all situations. Display a constant state of gratitude. You know, I heard it one time that said, uh, I used to say this, because I started out as the music leader at the Pecos County Cowboy Church. And um, my wife, uh, I, I'm not that great of a singer. I, I make a semi-joyful noise. I can carry a tune in a bucket. There's just nothing left in the bucket when I get to the end of the song. Okay? But there's lots of emotion and bravado in there. Right? <laughs> but somebody said one time, when somebody sings at church, always clap at the end. You can clap because it was good, or you can clap because it's over. It doesn't matter, but clap, right? Be, learn to be, have, have gratitude. Be thankful in all situations. Man, the key, one of the keys to Christianity is this right here. It's not that difficult to find something to be thankful for every single moment of every single day. This week, maybe today, maybe right now, you've got something on your mind, and it may be a horrible situation, but you know what you can say? You know what, God? This is as hard as it gets, but I'm glad I'm learning to follow you and know what you would have me do. Something like that. If you want to change the way you think, you got to start with having gratitude on your mind. Be thankful at all times. The next step to controlling the way you think is to show humility. And one thing I'm thankful for is that I, I can show humility better than anybody else. Should I get the whiteboard out and explain that to somebody? Those that are asleep, 
I'm joking. Be humble. Listen, being humble doesn't mean that you have to put yourself below other people. Being humble doesn't mean that you think less of yourself. Being humble means you think of yourself less, right? I mean, there are so many instances when we put ourselves in the middle of a story. We care what people think about us and we care what they think and then we say we don't care what they think but when we when we say I don't care what anybody thinks it's funny that when you get that attitude you want to try to tell everybody what you think all the time right I've never understood that if you don't care what anybody thinks why are you spreading your opinion around everywhere right be humble be humble you know you you you're not going to blow up if you keep your mouth shut okay I did one time but I'm in a different class okay I'm joking. I'm joking. Gratitude. Show humility. You know what? Listen, if you would learn to repeat this to yourself in nearly every situation in your life, your life will get better. Four words. Did you see how long that took me? (laughs) Okay, here they are. Four words that will change your life. It's not about me. It's not about me. When you're dealing with other people, 99 out of 100 times, it's not about you. Even if they're yelling and screaming, they got something else going on. It's not about me. Make it about Jesus. Make it about Jesus. In other words, if somebody is having a hard time yelling and screaming, even if it's at you, you can show gratitude. God, I thank you for bringing this person into my life. Now I know who to pray for. And you know what? I'm just going to sit here and listen, and I'm going to understand that it's not about me. They're going through a hard time. Man, that is showing gratitude and humility. But in that scenario, you'll also get to use the, three, the third thing. You want to change the way you think, you got to learn what boundaries mean. You got to learn what boundaries mean. And sometimes I think that in Christianity, we get this false impression that boundaries are a bad thing because we're supposed to become all things to all people. And, you know, we, Kevin says not to be nice, but to be kind and do whatever it takes. Well, I mean, yes, that, that applies but, you know, I'm not going to encourage you to necessarily uh, buy an alcoholic a subscription to Jim Beam, okay? That, that's, that might not be helpful. There needs to be boundaries. Most people that don't take responsibility for themselves don't have good personal boundaries or respective boundaries for others. And what do I mean by boundaries, though, okay? Here, here's a simple explanation of what I mean by boundaries that changes the way we think. If you want to develop boundaries, you got to learn to say no without malice. Did you know that it is okay for you to say no? And that is not a knock on your character or anything. If somebody wants you to do something or ask you to do something that you're not comfortable with, or you just flat can't make it work, or you're unsure if you should do that or not, you can say no, okay? You can say no. Learn to say no without malice. The second part of our boundary training. And I'm not telling you to go around and just be like, nope, 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 no. Here's a no for you and a no for you. That's not what I'm talking about. Y'all know it. <laughs> learn to say no without malice and learn how to hear no without getting mad. Because see, isn't that the crux of it? Is we can all very well agree with like, oh yeah, man, if I say no, I mean it. I'm the I'm the king of my castle and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Learn to say no without malice and learn to hear no without getting mad. 
Because I think you can really tell a lot from somebody when they either tell you no, you can learn a lot about yourself, or you can learn a lot about them if you say no and they get mad. Develop good boundaries. And finally, the third simple thing that I think that y'all can remember, because the first two had to do with no, right? Giving and receiving. The third one is this. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words, quit explaining yourself. Quit explaining yourself. You, you don't have to do that. You don't have to explain yourself to anybody. Develop good boundaries. Learn how to say no without malice. Learn how to hear no without malice and quit explaining yourself. The second thing that we need to take control of that is our responsibility is that our reaction to things is 100% our responsibility, our action, or our, our reaction. That means your face too, okay? I'm not just talking about the verbal reaction. As a matter of fact, I'm more talking about the nonverbal reaction, right? Crossing your arms. Boom! Slam a cabinet, right? Your reaction is 100% your responsibility. That means your face too. So how do we learn? How do we learn to take responsibility for our face, right? That's what this part is entitled. Taking responsibility for your mug, for your face. Huh? <laughs> Grow a beard. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work very well. <laughs> Our, 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 our facial hair spiritual gift has a <laughs> have two different views on that. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. How to take responsibility for your face. Number one, do not assume. If you don't go into a conversation assuming something, then your face won't go, right? What are you talking about? Because we all know what assume means, right? We've all heard that. Assuming makes a donkey out of you. Oh, we're back on the donkeys again. Sorry. Sorry about that. Assuming makes a donkey out of you and me, right? Don't assume. Once again, it goes back to the humility, right? It's not about me. It's not about me. Don't assume. Don't be a, you know, I, especially with my life, and I'm sure y'all feel the same way. It seems like many people look at my life through a little bitty keyhole and think they've seen the whole thing, right? And I'm sure y'all feel the same way. Don't assume you know what is going on. How to take responsibility for your face. Don't assume. Give the benefit of the doubt, okay? Man, what a greater gift can we be given by God than the benefit of the doubt? You know, because when we go to God, we go, God, I'm sorry, but you know I'm trying. Well, why can't we give that same grace to somebody else? Because that's what we need to do. We need to give grace to others because grace was given to us. How to take responsibility for your face? Quit assuming. Quit assuming. And it is so easy to do. Quit assuming. Give others the benefit of the doubt. And finally, the hardest part of training your face is taking control of one of the holes in your face, mainly the biggest one that has that tongue in it, right? If you want to learn to control your face first, you got to learn to control what's in it. When you learn to control your tongue, you can learn to control your face. A cowboy who looks to better himself every day doesn't feel the need to compare himself to others. We all have to ride our own broncs.
Galatians 6, verse 5. Our thoughts are our responsibility. Our reaction is our responsibility. What our faith says is our responsibility. And finally, for today, our choices are our responsibility. There's nobody to blame whenever you get you ride double and you give yourself skull fractures. Nobody else is to blame for that. It's your idea. It was your choice. Live with it. That's what we were both told. Quit whining about it. It'll make for a good story. It only took a lot of years. Not very good at math on Sunday mornings, obviously. Our choices are our responsibility. That's a bronc you have to ride alone. And guys, as funny as sometimes is, y'all know that I'm not, share, I'm not afraid to share hard things as well. Because here's probably what you didn't know about me. Did you know that I spent two years in counseling over this right here, making choices? I did. I was in counseling because of all of y'all. You want to know why I was in counseling because of all of y'all? Because I was scared I was going to let y'all down. I was scared I was going to do something wrong. I was scared that there was something I would say or do that would turn people away from Christ. And it burdened my heart. And I was in counseling for two years. I didn't tell y'all about it. But I love y'all that much that I was, there was an unnatural fear in me. Like, I didn't know what to do. I'd want to do this, and then I'd want to do that. And I, but maybe that's not right, and maybe this isn't right, and everything. And everybody's wondering, what's the matter with Kevin? And Kevin didn't say anything. But I was in counseling for two years because I was scared of making the wrong choice of the wrong decision. I would literally freeze up at the smallest decision. And just to show you how bad it got, Ty and Mitch know when it was because I quit going and working horseback a lot. Because literally whenever we would need to go do something, and most of the time I'm just help, okay? I would go whenever I was needed. But if I was just extra help, I, I stopped going because I had this crazy irrational fear that if I went to work horseback, I should have been here in case somebody needed me. And then if I was here and nobody needed me, I got mad because I should have been horseback. And that little deal nearly tore me apart. It nearly tore me apart. I wanted to do my best. I just didn't know how to do it. I was consumed with the fear that I was making a wrong decision, that I was going to choose wrong that day. But through counseling and prayer, I've come to realize that if there is not sin involved, which there was no sin involved, whether I was going to write in the simplified cowboy version or go work cows, there's no sin involved in either one of those things. But through counseling and prayer, I've come to realize that when there is no sin involved, there is no right or wrong choice. It's just a decision. And they're both right. It's fine if I go work cows one day. That's where my stories come from. It's okay if I write in the simplified cowboy version one day because that's one way that, that I try to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. I get to choose between two right answers, and choosing one over the other doesn't make one more right than the other. And y'all probably have never been through anything like this to the level that I was, but that was, that was a chain breaking off of me that I knew that my God had me and that the choices I make, as long as there's not sin involved, right, that I just, I can just make a choice. Are you making right choices? Are you making right choices? You don't know how it will end. That was another thing. It was a control thing. I wanted to know how it would end before I made the choice. And you can't. You can't. 
You cannot predict the future. We must do three things. This is how, this is what I do now. I count the cost because that's biblical. I count the cost, I take a chance, and I make a choice. And I stick by that choice because it's my responsibility. Sure, later on I can say, you know what, I probably should have stayed home that day, but I can't predict the future, so I'm not going to take responsibility for the fact that I did not predict the future, right? We are responsible for our own thoughts. We are responsible for our face, what our face says, what our body language says, what our mouths say. What we don't say when we don't say anything. We are responsible for the choices that we make. Three weeks ago today, I stood up here and we laughed. We were shocked. There was the collective, no way, in one of the stories about how me and my wife went to see my stepson's graduation from the Air Force boot camp in San Antonio, Texas. I told you that story three weeks ago. Got home that afternoon. I did not stop until about six o'clock that night with phone calls and other things. I did not stop until about six o'clock that night when we had a conference call. And I got on the conference call, and it wasn't about me that day. Sarah was giving her testimony. And when it got down to the end, I tried to say something. And I was sitting up in my bed with the phone on my chest listening to the conference call, and I tried to say something as the leader of Save the Cowboy and thank everybody and encourage people and thank Sarah and all of this. And I tried to talk and nothing would come out. Nothing would come out. And Cammie said that I real slowly picked up the phone and I looked at it and I hung up on everybody. And I turned to her and two tears went down my face and I said, honey, why can't I talk right? Come back next week and I will tell you what happened as we continue with Ride Your Own Bronx. Thank you all so much for joining us. You are now a part of the Band of Misfits, and we love you for it. See you all next week.